You're listening to audio from Calvary Gravenhurst in Muskoka, Ontario. For more resources or to connect with someone in the church, please visit calvarygravenhurst.com. This week's sermon is taught by lead pastor Benjamin Emery. Let's read Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 to 5 together. The title of today's sermon is How to Become a Burden-Carrying Congregation. Brothers and sisters, if someone is overtaken in any wrongdoings, you who are spiritual, restore such a person with a gentle spirit, watching out for yourselves so that you won't be tempted. Carry one another's burdens. In this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone considers himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Each person should examine his own work. And then he can take pride in himself alone and not compare himself with someone else. For each person will carry his own load. Well, God, I pray you would help me, a simple man, to... Uh, talk about how we can become a burden-bearing church. I pray you would help each person here to see that they have a part, uh, that it isn't uh, one or a group of people's job and and everyone just sort of watches and, and unloads. No, that this is a body, and the body is to carry each other's burdens. Help us, Lord. Bless us. Bless our time. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I was talking to a, to a missionary um, from Africa, and he talked about how this, this great orphanage uh, had a farming program, and they were doing a lot of hard work. And so some Americans, they thought uh, they would uh, raise some money, and they'd send over a new John Deere tractor to the, uh, to the Africans uh, in that country. Um, and so they sent over the new John Deere tractor, uh, and it was spick and span it was great um, but they sent it over without much instruction on how to do it and and how to maintain it and how to use it properly and so when they came over a year later they found the uh, tractor sitting in a heap no longer working uh, just parked somewhere where it died um, and he asked the missionary asked well, well how did this happen this was brand new this this was in great working order um, what happened and and they said well we just put it into four-wheel drive and we we drove it everywhere like that. We didn't know we weren't supposed to. It seemed so good at the start. Uh, so we drove it on the roads. We drove it over the hills. We, we drove it in the mud. We, dro- we drove it everywhere, always in four-wheel drive. And, and did you maintain it? Well, no, we didn't know we had to maintain it. Uh, we didn't know we had to uh, grease the joints and, and give it an oil change. And, and so the point of the story was that, that something can be good, uh, but if we use it in the wrong way or we don't maintain it or we don't know how to use it properly, it's going to break down. And something that is good isn't going to work the way it was designed to work. And there was someone at our meeting a couple weeks ago, they brought up a point, uh, which was already something I thought about a lot, was if, if God made the church and, and the church is supposed to uh, thrive and pastors have an average now in Canada um, of lasting three years, three to five years, um, and, it's, and it seems to be that the key leaders are burning out, what are we doing wrong? How is it that the church is not functioning the way it's supposed to? And, and I will present to you today 
uh, that that we've lost sight of what the Bible says a church body is. Uh, how the church is to care for each other, to carry each other's uh, burdens. We've adapted this Western model of church. <clears throat> the model can go something like this. 20, 30% of the people uh, do 70, 80% of the work, of the burden bearing, of the volunteering, of the caring. Uh, we have a consumer sort of mentality. We are North Americans. We consume more than we produce as a nation now, but also as a church often. We come in with that, I'm here to be served, not serve other people. And so the result is, is that, you know, the same eight, nine, ten women are the same ones who are mentoring or the same ones who are counseling or the same ones who are visiting or the same ones who are cooking meals for the uh, people, for the new mothers and for the sick, are the, the same people giving marriage counseling, are the same people leading the children's ministry, the same people doing VBS. And, and eventually they get tired. And, and again, with the men, it's, it's the same six or seven men who take the initiative to get involved in other people's lives, to, to lead their families well, and to teach other men how to lead their families well, and to care for their children well. And, and what we have here is a model that was created well, but we're not doing it properly. We've adapted, and we talked about this a few weeks, what the culture is telling us how to live our lives and trying to apply it to God's church. And it's not working. It's not sustainable. That's why so many churches are dying. One of the reasons why so many churches are dying. And even in healthy churches, the people, the key volunteers are burning out and it's too much strain. And so how did we get to this place? Well, you know, we can be honest. Sometimes we're too busy. Uh, we fill our lives with good things, but sometimes those good things take away from caring and doing better things. Sometimes it's just laziness. We can become lazy when we're prosperous people. Sometimes uh, we, we feed into the lie that Satan has created that says, unless your life is, is perfect, unless you're a perfect husband or a perfect mother, unless you've got it all together, you have nothing to offer. But that's a lie. Because nobody's got it all together. I certainly don't. If you do, please come talk to me at the end of the service and let me know how you're able to manage it. And so we feed into the lies of the world, into this consumerism. But Paul says, I'm just going to rip these pages off. They don't blow in the wind. <laughs> but Paul said in the end of his letter to the Galatians, verse 2, to carry one another's burdens. In this way, he says, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Burden comes from the Greek word baros. It means a weight, uh, both literal like this, or internal that is so hard or difficult to pick up or carry. It's something out of the ordinary, something that, that you don't necessarily have all your life, but comes along in certain times of your life. And so the assumption that the Bible gives clearly all through is, is that in life, you're going to have burdens come along. That is to be expected. Uh, that is normal. It is a part of living on this earth. It won't be a part of heaven. We can try and hide from the burdens of life, uh, but they are inevitable and they will find us eventually. And so one of the biggest lies, again, of the health, wealth, and prosperity gospel or the church is that this lie that some uh, crooked pastors are teaching is the more spiritual you become, the less burdens 
you'll have to carry. The easier your life will be. You, you won't get sick. You, you'll never struggle with finances. You'll never struggle in relationships and so on and so forth. And so it's this lie. And so we feed into the lie and, and then we, we look at our lives and we're like, I've got these burdens. I've got these hardships. But I was told I'm not supposed to. So I'm not going to let anybody know it. And because we don't let anybody know that we're struggling in life, we have this illusion, this sort of fake church family. How you doing? Wonderful. When you're really inside hurting and struggling just to get by. And so we need to be honest with each other that sometimes we do struggle. Burdens come. Sickness comes. Relational problems come. Catastrophes come. These are part of life. And so the Bible gives us an example that is counter to the way the world. The world says, look after yourself first and worry about everyone second. The Bible says that we are all to participate in letting other people carry our burdens as well as carrying other people's burdens. It is unique. And so there are many people in this church and some of them are presenting. You, you, you may know them very well or you think you know them very well and they would present that everything is good. They have no burdens in life, but really they are struggling. And that needs to stop if we're gonna become close and become a close family. Jesus said in John 16, verse 33, I've told you these things so that you may have peace. You will have suffering in this world, but be courageous for I have conquered the world. Jesus is letting everybody know that, hey, this is going to happen. So expect it. There's going to be suffering. There's going to be burdens. But just so you know, I've provided a way for you to have peace through those struggles. Be courageous for Jesus gives us the power to overcome those. What does it mean to be courageous? Well, to be courageous doesn't mean you're not afraid. But to be courageous means to face the things that you're afraid of with faith. It reminds me of a, a story of a family that went up, or a couple that went up north. They were from the city, and, and they thought, oh, it'd be so exciting to go way up north and rent a cabin. And so they went way up north and rent a cabin, and it was really cool. Until sometime in the middle of the night, there was a big bear scratching on the door, trying to get in because they had all sorts of food in there. And the man just freaked out, and he said, I can't believe that this is really happening. They never told me this would happen. And the wife said, well, it doesn't matter what you think, it's happening, so we need to face it. And that is with life. Things are gonna come along and, and they're gonna surprise us and we can either freak out or we can face it courageously with faith. Paul says that the whole world is experiencing the burdens of sin in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse four. He says, indeed, we grown while we are in this tent. Tent means the human body. Burdened as we are. We have burdens, things we're carrying around. Different times, different weights. Sometimes they're less, sometimes they're heavier. But listen to what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 5 to 7. This is the way, he says, to, uh, that God will help us in our burdens. He says, in fact, when we came into Macedonia, we had no rest. Instead, we, Paul and the other disciples, were troubled in every way. Conflicts on the outside and fears within. That's that, that external burden and that internal burden. 
So how does God deal with it? How does he send? What's his recipe? Does he send angels uh, to deal with it? Well, occasionally he does. But most of the time, God's answer for the burdens is the church. But God, he says, who comforts the downcast, comforted us by the arrival of Titus. And not only by his arrival, but also by the comfort he received from you. Do you see that? Are you following? So Paul and his disciples were struggling with the burdens of life. Uh, they were having some real hardships that weren't normal. Uh, they hadn't had these things happen in some of the other places they'd been, but in Macedonia it was happening. The two major burdens were internal fear, anxiety, worried, sound familiar to anyone in our culture, and external relational conflicts. And so what was God's answer? He sends Titus to comfort Paul and the other disciples. But look at verse 7. How had Titus been comforted in his burdens? By the Galatian church. Or sorry, by the the Corinthian church. And so now Paul is comforting the Corinthian church who comforted Titus, who comforted Paul. Do you see the circle and how the church is supposed to work? And humans, we'll come back to that in a couple minutes, but we humans, we tend to be reactive. We wait until things get really bad, and then we bring our burdens to somebody and say, fix this, please. But God calls us to be proactive. Much of the Bible's instruction is is to be proactive. Do these things, and you're going to alleviate yourself from going down these hard roads and, and carrying unnecessary burdens. And it's true. If you live a life that is under God's authority by the instruction of his word, uh, in the purposes of God and the will of God, you're going to alleviate yourself of a lot of unneeded burdens. But when those burdens come that we can't handle, that no matter what we could have done, they come, we can't just try and hold on to them ourselves. It's, It's not biblical and it's prideful if we really think about it. And a lot of the times those who hold on to their burdens the most are those who help the most. We have a hard time now saying, actually, it's me that needs some help because we're so used to giving out to other people. And maybe that's you. And maybe God is calling you to, to humble yourself and to let some other people in. But notice Paul also says in, in verse 5, so carry each other's burdens, but then he says, for each person will also have to carry their own load. So what's Paul saying here? And, and is he contradicting himself? One minute in verse 2, carry each other's burdens. The next minute in verse 5, carry your own load. What's he talking about? Well, again, the Greek language is so much a richer language than the English language. And so those are two different words that we might think are the same. But load comes from the Greek word portion, which means, properly put, a burden that must be carried by an individual, i.e. as something personal, and hence not transferable. It cannot be shifted to something else. Are you seeing what Paul is saying here? He's saying we are to carry each other's burdens, but, as you wonder why I have this pack on my back, the load that God has given you in your life is yours primarily to carry. But we in North America, because we're an entitled society, we think somebody else should also carry our load for us. Because we often get it get in over our heads. We think we can take on so much. And we have family and we have kids. And we say, oh, this is too much. Somebody else do this for me. We, we run our finances in the, not the way God says it. And, and so we run them into the ground. And somebody else fix the problem. But God has given each 
of us, our own load to carry. It's personal. And in fact, Paul, if, if, as I looked at this, he's referencing military language. He's actually talking about your kit, the rucksack that a soldier would get. He was given it by his commander and it's his to carry. You can't transfer it to somebody else and say, hey, you mind carrying my rucksack? It's yours. Inside of it is everything you need to be a competent soldier. And so you may look at your life and you're, and you're like, my, my load, it's too much to carry. I can't handle all of this. There's just too much. And that's the way I, a lot of people's lives are. They're overwhelmed. What do you have to do when you can't carry the load of your life? You've got to get rid of some stuff that isn't that important. And so you've got to look and examine your life and say, what does God say is most important? If you're married, your marriage is most important. If you have kids, your kids are most important. You and him, if you're a Christian, your relationship with him is most important. And you get rid of the stuff that is below that so that you can carry your own load. If you've got 20 hobbies or you've got this and that and they are keeping you from carrying your load well, then you've got to get rid of those things that are weighing you down so you can make room in your lives for more. And we would, on different occasions, uh, have to get rid of all of our sleeping bags, our sleeping bags and our kit, in order to fill our packs with ammo, water, and food, the essentials. And you've got to examine your life and say, what is taking up my energy that God says I'm supposed to be giving to these important things, but I've got way too much on my plate and I can't serve anyone else or help carry anyone else's burdens. I can't even handle my own load. So that's your finances, that's your work, that's your marriage, that's your health. Be proactive in these things. When I joined the army, I was a typical whiny, spoiled, Canadian, weak, undisciplined kid. To be honest, not my mom's fault, it's just the way I was. And I hated the way the rucksack felt on my back. I hated how it pulled on my shoulders. I hated how it pulled on my lower back. I hated it, but I had no other options because I'd failed out of high school, and so this was it, infantry. Uh, but you know what? I, I despised this stupid thing all the, all the time in my, in my early days until somebody said to me, you'll never learn to carry, and I'm paraphrasing, you'll never learn to carry the ruck until you embrace it as a part of you. It's true. This was mine mine to carry. I couldn't get rid of it. That's what the job required. And to you, God has given you a certain load to carry and it's yours. And you need to embrace it as yours or you're going to be fighting with it all of your life. You're never going to have the joy in your relationships, in your life that God desires you to have. And over time, this thing became easier to carry. It bothered my shoulders less. It bothered my lower back. I got stronger. And in time, as you carry your load with joy, seeking God, you will become stronger. You will become more mature. And the load that God has given you in life will become easier. God invites us to bring the load and the burdens that we have to him. He's our primary. Before you go to looking for the church or, or the government to solve your problems... Or counselor, go to God. Matthew 11, verse 28. God, Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me and lean on me, because I am lonely and humble in spirit. You will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Either that's true or it's not true. And you have to determine, is God a liar 
or is God truthful? Are you really going to God with the burdens and the load of your life? Or are you trying to deal with it yourself? Are you trying to adapt the world's version of carrying it? To be honest, when I first became a Christian, you've heard it, I don't need to go over it, I was a disaster in every way, in parenting, in relationships, in finances. I was a disaster. And so I couldn't just go to other people because I saw it right in the church. I, I joined in, uh, it was a, a few people doing all of the work and I was like, well, they have no extra time. And so I went to God. What does God say my life is to be like? How does he say I'm supposed to be a father? How does he say I'm supposed to someday be a husband? How am I supposed to manage my finances? How am I supposed to speak and act? What am I supposed to do with my time? I went to him. So I'd say 90% of what I've learned and, and my, the change in my life has happened because I brought my life under the authority of God's word. And through faith in him, his Holy Spirit has given me the ability to do it. But it's that 10% that I just can't get right. That's what, where I go to other men. And I say, can you help me in this area? Can you mentor me in this area? Uh, that's where I listen to, to other preachers and, and they'll teach me. And that's what you need to do. First, ask yourself, is my life under the authority of God's word? Or am I just a Christian on Sundays? And if we can do that, we'll alleviate a lot of the people in the church who are, who are carrying things that they're not supposed to carry. They're trying to carry five or six, seven things. And you can see them and they're, they're getting worn out because they're, they're carrying all these things people dump on them when, when a lot of these things are other people's to carry. back to my load <clears throat> so notice that he says the end of verse 2 he says first carry one another's burdens but he doesn't just stop there he says in this and this is really important this should encourage you in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ well that's interesting what is the law of Christ by carrying other people's burdens we're fulfilling the law that Jesus laid down well. Paul talks about it in Galatians chapter 5, verses 13 to 15. He says, You were called to be free, brothers and sisters, but don't use that freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. I mean, don't use that freedom that you have for all about yourself, but serve one another through love. For the whole law is fulfilled in one statement love your neighbor as yourself. Do you see that? Uh, the fruit of a Christian's life, of a, of a person really who follows Jesus Christ, who's really submitted to their life to him, is they are going to serve each, each other. They're going to carry each other's burdens. They're going to do as Christ did. Is that something in your life? Can you look at your life and say, you know, I'm learning how to carry my load and I'm struggling through it, but I also have a genuine a desire to help other people with those hardships that they are facing as well and so carrying somebody else's burden simply means to treat them the way you desire to be treated so that means that young person that comes along that lonely senior and encourages them that they have not been forgotten about that they have a valuable place in the world it's that senior who, who sees the busyness of a family, uh, you know, in those crazy days when your kids are young and you're working and says, I'm going to cook a meal for them. It's the, the people who, who hear that somebody's in the hospital and instead of just waiting for those people to go and do it because they know they always will, they go to the hospital and visit that person and pray for them. 
It's somebody who has a skill and, and they hear that somebody doesn't have the money, not because they've wasted it, but because they just don't have the money to fix something. So they take their skills and initiative and go fix that thing for them. It's that person uh, who sees somebody is weighed down with the failures of their past and goes to that person and shares the truth of Christ's forgiveness and, and helps to unload that burden. It's that person or that couple who sees conflict in, in a married couple. And instead of ignoring it and just waiting for it to get worse, they go to that couple in love and they say, hey, can we walk through this with you? It's coming over to help, uh, give a helping hand to a mother who's struggling with the craziness of kids. Just sit with her, help her clean her house, something practical and pray for her. It's giving a gift to that hardworking father whose, whose car just broke down and they don't have the money to replace it. It's not rocket science is what I'm saying. It's simply looking around at your church family and saying, how can I take a little bit of the burden off of them? This is what Jesus taught in John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35. I give you this new command. It's not like the world's commands. Love one another. Just as I have loved you, you are also to love one another. By this, everyone will know you are my disciples. This is the evidence. Do you see that? The, the primary way that the world is going to see that you're actually one of my followers, Jesus says, is because you love one another. Not just in a superficial way, but in a real, genuine way. And I know there are some of you in this congregation who have carried the burdens of other people from before I came here. You serve every week. Your heart is for other people. And it's tiring. But God sees and he is proud of you. He is well pleased with you. And for every burden you've carried, he sees and he's kept being a, keeping a record of it. But what I am saying to, to other people is that they need help. They will burn out. They cannot carry the burdens of everyone on their own. You need to be a part of it. You need to show yourself that, hey, I am actually a follower of Jesus Christ. Not just by name, but I actually follow him because I do what he says. Jesus was not only teaching about taking people's burdens. He was relieving people of their burdens. Remember when the Pharisees brought the woman caught in adultery and she was full of shame? She was probably... Uh, dragged out of there half naked and and they're saying stoner stoner and jesus says to her or after he rebukes the pharisees he says to her is anyone here are your accusers still here and she says no they aren't and he says and neither do i accuse you go and sin no more jesus was relieving her he's saying listen i'm god and i no longer hold you accountable go you're free you don't have to carry that guilt and shame anymore. Remember the woman, uh, the, uh, the other woman we think was Mary Magdalene, the prostitute, and, and she came in and she was crying at Jesus' feet. She was so full of shame for the life that she'd lived. And, and Jesus took her burden from her. He didn't say, you disgusting woman, go, go sort your, out your life. That's the way some religious people are. Go sort out your life and then God will have time for you. He didn't say that. He said... To the Pharisees who said, why are you letting this woman touch you? Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven. That's the release of the burden. Jesus took it upon himself. That's why she's loved, she loves so much. For the one who is forgiven little loves little. But, the one, but to her, her sins have been forgiven. And so she loves much. We are all called 
to come along, Christians and non-Christians. And, and some of us need to get interested in non-Christians' lives. And we need to come along and we need to take some of their burdens. And, and maybe all you can carry is a five-pound burden. But if you can come along that person who has no church background, whose life is a mess, and take that five-pound burden, some of you can carry a 45-pound burden. If you can come along and first a burden bearer gets under the load and then they share the good news. And Jesus always, he, he met the need, whether it was healing or food, and then he shared the gospel. It's not one, it's not the other, but it's both. And so I want to ask you, where can you in your life come along and, and just take a five pound or a 10 pound or a 30 pound burden from someone? And then what can you give over to someone? That's what I want you to walk away with. Some of you have got some burdens. You're hiding them. You're pretty good at wearing that mask. The word hypocrite means to be a stage actor. It means somebody who puts on a mask and pretends to be somebody they're not. And, and brothers and sisters, there's some people in here. You're great people. You're wonderful people, but you're wearing masks. You're living a double life. You're acting. And you've got to give that burden over. You've got to let somebody else in. And if we can even be like Jesus, who when he was at his lowest point said to the apostles, come and pray with me in the Garden of Gethsemane. For I'm, and I'm paraphrasing, I'm just full of anxiousness and, and sadness and, and I'm full of fear. If he can do it, why can't we do it? If he could allow uh, Simon to carry his cross part of the way because God who was fully human allowed himself to feel the full suffering of the Roman scourging. If he could do it, why can't we be honest and authentic with each other and do it as well? So Calvary, I want to see Calvary a church that is thriving years from now. I want you to thrive long after I'm gone because this is a church that loves God and loves each other. But I am asking some of you to start to take more of an interest in other people's lives, to start to take some of the burdens that that small group of people is mostly carrying on their own and start to relieve some of the suffering. And by that we will grow closer and closer together and you will be unbreakable and you will be strong in the world around you. Gravenhurst will say, wow, I want to be a part of that. Let's pray and then we are going to celebrate some baptisms. God, I thank you so much that you have the answer for our problems, that you want to help us carry our loaves and our burdens, that you say, come on to me. I pray for those in here uh, who have never called upon your name. I pray that they would see that you are good, that they would taste and see that the Lord is good, that they would put their full faith in you, that they would receive you not only for the forgiveness of sins, but as the God of their life who will live inside of them and change them. I, I pray for those uh, who are carrying burdens, Lord, and, and they just don't know who can help them. I, I pray for them. I pray that they would start to let other people in that they would, they would take off the mask and, and just admit that they need help. I pray for those in here, Lord, who, who don't want to carry the load that you've given them to carry. They don't like their current place in life. They don't like the responsibilities they've got. I pray that they would see the grass isn't greener on the other side 
that they would seek you and seek others for help as they try and sort out their lives and, and become stronger and more mature. Lord, I thank you that we, we have this time, that we can celebrate these people who have put their faith in you, uh, Lord, and then we can eat and play, and I just pray it would be a wonderful time. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon audio. For more resources or to connect with us, visit calvarygravenhurst.com.